everybody, and welcome back to yet another exciting episode of the Flux Depose podcast, episode 58 to be more exact, wherein we deliver a delicious slice of geek culture to you in weekly audio format. I am your host, Jason Lacey, and joined by the impeccable Mr. Lucas Rose. Hi. I'm not that impeccable. I have a throat <laughs> thing going on, so if I sound weird, this is why. So in case you're keeping track, this is like the eighth episode that Lucas has been sick. Oh, on. for sure. If you're counting the, the duration of sicknesses, then it's probably going to be like... Because there was that one month I was sick basically for the entire month after I got off the shoot. Oh, was, yeah, yeah. That the, was uh, terrible. The film, the film sickness. The film death. The... the uh, not Gen Con. I always want to say Gen Con. Grand Con. <laughs> death. Pax All box. sorts of things. Pax. No, nah, I didn't get that one. Not yet, anyway. <laughs> well, hopefully it's not... Uh, it'll... Hopefully it... Uh, doesn't bring you down. That's what I'm trying to say. Don't bring me down! Yeah. Loose. <laughs> oh. Hopefully. Because I can't let people down, on the docket <laughs> today, we have... Ooh. What you plan? The news, according to us, uh, Overclocked Remix, a Netflixation of the history of future folk, an indie comedy, and uh, yeah, a little grab bag, and that'll be the show. Nice and simple. So you know, not a lot of filler on this episode; just an easily digestible, free-flowing fun that you can expect <clears throat> from Flux to Post. It, it's Flux to Flux to Plazed classic. Mode. <laughs> yeah, flux to plows. Flux to plows. Classic. It'd be a lot I, of ums and awkwardness and bad um, con stuff, and yeah, it'd be bad. I feel like, like we're. Like, I, think, I feel like we're better than we started. We aged. Like I'm quite scared. Nicely. I'm scared to go back and listen to an earlier episode. Well, when I was doing those, uh, when I was hunting for sound clips, it was. Well, I think our first episode was the episode that we found out my audio was missing or got screwed up, so it was all yeah. crappy. Yeah, that's so a great use start. That Skype recorder. Yeah, Bull. something like that. Oh, oh, Uh I don't have uh, a lot of. Before we get into the the main gist of the show, I uh, I just wanted to recap. I, I did get together with the guys last weekend, and uh, you know, played some Muzak. Yeah, I was wondering how that went. It was fun. It was, you know, we got together for maybe, uh, we probably got to play for about two hours or so, and I guess we're going to try to make it like an every other week type thing, but I I don't know, there's like four or five songs that they already had kind of written out, so um, not super happy with what I was playing because it's just process of just getting comfortable again and then learning the, the music, so hopefully to improve upon that in the coming weeks, but it was, it was just fun to play, you know? Is it kind of like um, you just here's kind of what we have written? Here's the the notes, the notes that how they shift or the core or the progression. Yeah, that's how and we always kind of. Then you jazz it up once you get used to. What yeah, the, like I've always just you know give me the the chord progression and then I just kind of build upon a baseline on top of that. Which is whenever I was like more in my prime, I, I, you know, I would have a general idea like of what I was playing, but I would probably never. Um, play the same the song the same way twice. Ooh. I would always kind of constantly kind of tweak it, ad lib here and there, improvise parts, and and then like with this thing too, like <clears throat> my bandmates <throat> would always have suggestions too of things to try. So we always you know we change things like that. So it, it was fun to just not you know to play music again and to catch up with the guys since I hadn't seen them in like 
know, 10 years. <laughs> Did they ever say, here's a suggestion. Why don't you try playing better? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, that's just us. That was, only- suggest- that was suggested many, many times. <laughs> Can you try playing it the right way? That might help. It yeah, how about you better. play it the non-sucky version? Well, I expect flea-like levels of uh, competency <laughs> within I'm the week. I'm just happy my strings didn't break because those things are. I've, Ooh, I don't know didn't... how long. I don't know how long those have been on there. So, oh my god, they're probably like ru- like you strum them and just rust powder falls <laughs> <laughs> goes my, uh, everywhere. My lock straps were uh, like what I have. They're called lock straps, and they they look kind of like a horseshoe. And that okay. the, the the nut that, sort of lack of a better thing, the knob that the your guitar strap normally hooks onto actually sets inside of those. So you mm. have them like a horseshoe facing up. So it's like a U that your the knob would fit into. So in case you're like it, it's not going to like fall off like yeah. a strap. There's a chance it could fall off. These hold it in place, and then you actually your strap actually gets uh between like a, a thread and a washer gets screwed on. Your hmm. strap's not going anywhere, and then that U holds that your strap to the guitar. Well, what of mine? <laughs> it went missing, and luckily I noticed before I put it on because I could have been bad. I could have been playing, and that could have fallen off. Dang. But uh, crisis, crisis avoided. Avoided. But yeah, so hopefully we'll get together uh, not this coming Tuesday, but the Tuesday after, which um, and maybe on the weekends here and there. So cool. Hoping that uh, happens, and then. Man, the rest of this week, it looks like I'm going to a hockey game with my dad and brothers on <sighs> Wednesday. Lucky. And uh, to everyone else, Saturday is the the new fake holiday that uh, Geek and Sundry <laughs> coined up for everyone. International Tabletop Day. So if that's something that interests you, uh, you know, you should take part in that. Like if you're here in the Grand Rapids area, uh, Vault of Midnight's a big uh, advocate of this day, and they've been doing... Well, I think at both of their shops in Ann Arbor and in Grand Rapids, they're doing events. But here in Grand Rapids, they're having yet another uh, big play session at the Pyramid Scheme downtown. So Hmm. that starts at 12 noon. I believe we are in talks of possibly checking that out. Yeah, I did see that. I wonder if the uh, there was a local um, game store that opened up nearby me. I was telling you about it. Oh, yeah. Out of the 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 box. box. I wonder if they're doing anything because I know they do stuff with the. West West Michigan Gamers Society or whatever it's called. West Michigan Tabletop Gamers. Yes, that one. Um, yeah, so I thought maybe I'd see if they were doing anything, just out of curiosity as well. But uh, yeah, yeah, it looks to be pretty cool. Well, I think it's time, Lucas. Okay. For sure. the biggest, the biggest news since we bought house. Luxapose podcast has ever seen. Ladies and gentlemen, this is like groundbreaking. This changes the very facet of the Fluxtapose universe. This is like new canon. We're <laughs> destroying the old universe and we're setting forth in a new path. I don't know. Direction. We, we got dogs that one time. That was pretty. <laughs> well, I won't I won't build it up anymore. I'll let oh, you. Oh, thank goodness. I'll, let me release, let take it. release the sweet build up. Um, by the way, are you playing an FPS right now? Because I can hear your keyboard going no, crazy. No, I was searching something. I wanted to see if uh, you had me curious about out of the box. Out of the box, so like, okay. Oh, let me look and see. While you, well, yeah, you you look that up while I I'm tell cool you. I'm cool and I already know about this news because I'm true. like, I'm cool like that. Well, if you don't follow me on Facebook, because if you do, then you'll probably already know. But uh, <laughs> if you don't, for those who don't, uh, I am going to be a father. 
Yes, that's right. Come what? September. Come September, there's going to be a little bundle of joy um, that is joining our family. And we will we will learn the gender here. Uh, we have an appointment tomorrow, and then we make the appointment for that one about learning the gender. Um, so I'd say like a month, month and a half then. Oh, man. Like yeah, pretty quick. It's it's coming up fast. We, uh, we went um, and started... Uh, what do you call it? Registering at some stores around here, and uh, it gets a little real when you start realizing <laughs> hmm, which which uh, which baby or which car seat would I rather be hefting around, or which uh, which uh, carriage thingy? See, I don't even know what they're called. That's that's how bad of a father I'm going to be. I don't even know what the equipment is called. Um, <laughs> stroller, that's the one. You know, how does the stroller? come together man like some of them they like you know because they want to fold in and make it so you can throw it in the back of your car or whatever they're transformer like you know you just pull you pull on a handle and open it up and it's just like and next thing you know you got a stroller throw a baby in there and off you go there you go it's all it's all real man that's all you gotta know so yep i'm leading the charge and uh baby and the count of babies and the in the in that aspect of our lives yeah i'll let um, you uh you can win that race all you want yeah okay <laughs> we'll 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 bring it by so that uh so that you can get a good uh taste of it and uh, okay i know one listener right now i just opened my mouth and said the stupidest thing i could have said because Mike probably just heard what I said and took it in the you worst direction. Baby. Uh, um, well, he's already made jokes. He's he's already made the worst. Like, is it okay if I date your t- if you have a if you have a girl? Is it okay <laughs> if I date your daughter? And stupid, horrible things like that because that is our type of humor. Unfortunately, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you down right now since you're probably looking forward to it at that part of the show. I don't have a witty comment from him to share with you oh, on this dang. week's episode. You mean there's not a there's not something he wrote in that you have to ask me to decipher? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not not not, not this, not today. Not so today. um, so yeah, it's uh, it's new territory, Papa but um, I'm I'm excited. You know, at first it was a little. Well, yeah, I maybe I should share the story of how we found out because we weren't necessarily trying, but we also weren't preventing it, shall we say? So it was. It was kind of like, you know, if it happens, it happens. And if it doesn't, then that's fine, too. Well, um, Danette, my wife, was, was saying, was had told me some of the issues she was having that kind of lines up with possibly being pregnant. And I was like, you know what? Let's just, you know, on your way home. She calls me on her way home, usually. I said, why don't you just pick up a, a test and just get it over with? If you think that that's a possibility, let's, you know, let's just do it and find out. And um, this was at the time that my neighbor had gotten in a car accident. So because uh, he he plows um, driveways when it snows and stuff. And he got in an accident with his truck. And he had been talking to me about um, my wife's brother possibly helping him out with his um, business because, you know, he couldn't do it anymore. So all that to say that when we when Danette got home and took the test. It was in the middle of all this other chaos that was happening. Her brother was over. Our neighbor was um, asking him about what he was asking him about. And 
all the while we're upstairs, you know, trying to figure out if Danette's pregnant or not. And sure enough, she's like, she comes out holding it with a smile on her face. And I look at it and of you course I'm doing the, you immediately drop to your knees and cried up to the skies. <laughs> Why? No, it was more the, what I imagine is more realistic, um, Deer in the headlights. thing to do was uh no let me see that box uh are you sure this means that it's <laughs> this positive well it looks like it could be because you know because they kind of have a shadow of where it would be if it did light up uh i don't know maybe you should so she did the other maybe one maybe because you're sure. a woman you can't look at it right <laughs> you don't science. know how to how to read with your eyes let me see that so yep sure enough and then of course we find out and then our neighbor is here and her brother's here and we're not you know we didn't want to just let the news spill right away. So we're both looking at each other this whole time while our neighbor's talking about how horrible the accident was and, and everything. So we're just, (laughs) you know, trying to keep it, trying to keep everything normal and on the inside feeling like just, you know, that unreal sensation where something crazy just happened. So good times, good times. So that's it. it. That's the big announcement. That's how you made a baby. It may it may be scary, but uh, we'll get through it together. And now what? Not now it won't be dog cast. It'll be baby cast. I'll, I'll come <laughs> on with all, st- all sorts of stories about poop and pee and boogers and all sorts of things. Drool. It's gonna be great. I thought I'll that's have... what you already did contribute <laughs> to the show. <laughs> that's true. That's true. I'll, I'll I'll not only have a dog down here when I do the podcast, but I'll also be ha- having to take care of a baby down here as well. So it's going to be a full house. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, well, we look forward to that. And congratulations to you and your wife, well, by the way. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yet again. Yeah, I was going to say, you're just doing that for the show because yeah, you've, you've known for a I while. I got to sound like I'm... <laughs> Care about me? A good and person. Us. You never now, sound back, like that. back to the important thing. Back on yeah. what your question about <laughs> uh, Tabletop Day. There is an event <laughs> at Out of the Box on Saturday. Ah, there you go. Excellent. Good to hear that In they are getting involved. In conjunction with the West Michigan Tabletop Gamers. I knew it. I knew it. It's their new headquarters, so, apparently. So you can go and have a shout-out to uh, you-know-who. Yeah. We don't talk. We don't talk about that anymore. <laughs> Enough <laughs> of all this baby talk. Let's get back to the games. This isn't games or movies. Games. Speaking so, of games, so what? You playing? So so what? You playing? I stole it from you. You did, and you, did. you have to do it now. I'm gonna do it. I'm no, gonna no, no. do it. Lucas, right tell now. me, tell me about what? What have you been playing this week? Playing? Yeah, you you went back and you did it proper. Good man. Well, you know, I did say that I was gonna have try to at least get one game on here, and. uh I didn't I haven't played much of it, but I wanted to give a first impressions sort of deal for this and that game is Alien Isolation. Uh recently went on sale on Steam for 12.50, something like that. And I had like a $20 Steam gift card literally just loaded on there waiting for that game to go on sale. And so I finally picked it up and uh I I know I have some other games in my backlog that I need to finish first, but I was like it's a new game, well, newish. I want to check it out and you know see see how my computer handles it because it's a pretty good looking game. It's um, being newer, newer, you know, it'll require yeah, the backlog's always going to be there. Yeah, exactly. That ain't going anywhere. So, um, 
so I started the game up and uh, I was kind of surprised that it had some um, non-engine cutscenes in it, but that didn't, you know, it was whatever. They were high res enough that it didn't look weird because some of those older games, when you can run them at a much higher uh, resolution, all the bells and whistles turned on. It looks worse than the the movies they normally use to to tell the story with, so it's really jarring when you see them the difference between them. But uh, yeah, so you start out seeing this thing that explains the story and why you're playing as Ripley's daughter and all this other stuff. But uh, you know, it looked good, very atmospheric, kind of interesting to see that they carried on the idea of the '70s future. So like there's still, mm, you know, yeah. dot matrix printer sounds all over the place and and um CRTV or CRT That's like the coolest part about Alien for me yeah. is that whole like uh the architecture and design of the the ships and the settings that they had from the 70s, you know. Yeah, you wouldn't get that nowadays cuz you would have to like retroactively reduce today's technology to that like an 80s standard and then go <laughs> yeah, from right. there because they don't have cell phones or anything like that but um you know it, it looks good it's very atmospheric um i played probably 10 or 15 minutes of it i didn't want to get too hooked into it but there was one thing that i noticed that i was very surprised about a game of um like today's standards the people, the the humans, I'm sure you probably won't see a lot of them, but the way that their animation works just looks terrible given how good the game looks. They are very robotic in the way that they move and their expressions and the their uh the sinking of their voices to their mouth movements surprised me. It, it the quality is much lower than the rest of I mean the sounds, the atmosphere, the graphics. That in that aspect alone, I was just like, this doesn't look quite right. Something's weird here. So <laughs> their animation team might need to go back and I wonder I wonder if probably what I'm guessing happened is they didn't need enough they didn't have enough um animation that they would need like mocap or anything like that. So they tried to do it by hand and it just looks weird. So hmm. not too oh, impressed on that. Have you encountered the alien? No, I haven't yeah, gotten okay. that far yet. Because I'm inter- I've heard, you know, some people say how it's just sometimes it's just so unforgiving and it seems so like random how it like you could play yeah. the same like sometimes there's, it's just like impossible for you to make it through a section and then you're set to die and then the next time he might not show up and you'll be able to actually you know uh, okay um yeah well their their recommended mode for experiencing the game is not normal the difficulty it's hard difficulty oh, so okay. I, I set it to hard difficulty i'm willing to to change it if i need be but if it sounds if it's random like it's like you're saying then I I'll, I'll probably give it a little bit more leniency if um it's just kind of luck based almost but uh I've seen a little bit of a playthrough um cuz it is it does have VR support so I watched somebody playing it with an Oculus Rift and that looks pretty interesting as well so hopefully that thing will come out soon so I can try that out but uh but yeah uh it it looks good and I want to keep playing it I just you know got some other stuff to beat first right um and then Hercules. I watched Hercules. Uh, I didn't have very high expectations for this movie, especially after seeing. I don't even think I made it through Conan. Conan. Conan uh, the Barbarian. I have not watched that. Um, it 
it's weird because uh, I'll try to be as spoiler free as possible, but it's weird because they start out making it seem like he's the Hercules of legend, you know, with all the, the mythos and everything surrounding him, the Hydra and all that. But basically the rest of the movie after the intro is explaining why those stories exist and how he really is just an extra strong almost like enhanced human um like he has uh extraordinary strength or or whatever but within the bounds of a human almost so i i i can't tell if they're trying to say that not everything he's done is true or if he or if it is and he just had help or what cuz he has a troop of of um people around him a couple of different warriors um uh, like a amazon lady who shoots arrows of course um uh a soothsayer type guy who fights with the staff a crazy guy with two axes um so stuff like that and uh i don't know it was pretty good actually it wasn't the greatest thing i've ever watched the story is basically that he um gets hired by a country to to settle a civil war mm-hmm. and uh they th- this country kind of needs a hero basically and um so he fights for them to to try to sustain some kind of peace and um it doesn't there's a twist let's just put it that way i don't want to i don't want to spoil it but you could probably work it out if you really wanted to so um but yeah it was pretty good again don't expect the whole um legendary like myth mythological creature type stuff because there was if i can remember correctly there wasn't any of it really but uh, it was uh-huh. lighthearted and funny and action-packed. So, in that sense, it was a good popcorn flick. Uh, oh, and good. then, oh, I'm sorry. No, I was just agreeing with uh, what you said. Well, don't. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. Uh, so, I think you know that I've been playing this game, this uh, tabletop game. Well, not tabletop, like role-playing, but not video game. Uh, Marvel Dice Masters. It's kind of... Uh, collectible dice game as opposed to a collectible collectible card game uh, where yes 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 yeah you buy you buy like a starter pack they have an x-men starter pack x-men versus avengers and then just an avengers starter pack and um then you can buy one dollar um i guess what what would you say uh wrapped up like two cards two dice they're not expansion packs but they're they're um like any collectible card game, you know, you buy a couple of blister pack or, you know, whatever packs to expand, hoping that you're going to get something rare or that you'll get some more dice to, to be able to play with. And, um, it took, I, I'm not a really big fan of the way that they laid out their instructions. It's a little text heavy and not a lot of imagery. There is imagery, but I don't know. Just it, it we played it wrong quite a few times before we no, realized that's nothing that, new with how we play games. So yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> nope. true. No surprise there. I sat down and read the instructions, but there's just so much to absorb that for me, I just need to be playing the game to to learn exactly how to do it. And uh, I got to say, I'm a pretty big fan of it, actually. I mean, I know that dice rolling games might not be everyone's favorite because there's not it's not just down to skill. It also, you know, takes into account that you have to be lucky to to um, roll um the die the dice the way that you want them so each dice each die has three sides that are energy 
some sort of energy that you use to buy things. And then the other three sides, uh, if they're character dice, like Captain America, have his actual character. Like, the die is Captain America at that point. Um, And so it has stats and everything, and it goes head-to-head with other character dice that have stats. Like, Hulk would have an attack of eight and a defense of five. Or Captain America has an attack of five and a defense of five. So you go through and you play the game, and uh, it's basically like magic in the sense that you got 20 life or 15 life and the first person to, to hit zero dies. And uh, it's pretty fun. You know, I, I thought maybe it was kind of a money grab type, you know, Pokemon trading card game or something like that. But uh, it's, it's a pretty interesting system. It, it works really well. And uh, I, I mean, I've bought probably six of those little expansion pack card Daily dues. I mean, they're a dollar. You can pick them up when you're buying something else. When I went and bought the comics um, recently, I just grabbed a couple because they were there. So it's pretty cool um, to get more, you know, get more heroes and and team them up against another team of heroes and and see what uh, what what to make of it. And what's really cool is that they they don't only have Marvel Dice Masters, but they also are planning to do uh, DC uh, Dice Masters. And I know they have Yu-Gi-Oh! Dice Masters and um, Dungeons and Dragons Dice Masters. Do they and have Amiibo Dice Masters? No, but they should, apparently. Mario, Mario, Nintendo Dice Masters. That would be awesome. Smash <laughs> Brothers Dice Masters. There wouldn't be enough dice. They no. would purposely not stock enough. You wouldn't be able to play it. <laughs> it's true. Uh, they would just give you all the characters you don't like. Um, yeah. But what's cool is that they're all interchangeable. So you could have Batman... Superman, Green Lantern against Captain America, Iron Man, or any any combination thereof. You could have, you know, Batman and Captain America on the same team if you want, because they all work exactly the same. So that's that's a pretty interesting idea as well. So and also, of course, then they get to make more money. Everybody, <laughs> everybody is happy. And then finally, I know that this is probably something that you are also frustrated with, but recently, I mean, I've always or not always, but I've been into hockey recently, um, starting in like 2008, something I wasn't, I didn't grow up with, but I kind of got into it late in the game. And for some reason this year, I didn't, I started watching a couple games in the, at the beginning of the season. Cause you're just like, Oh, I wish hockey would, you know, come back around, start up again. Um, but then I, I dropped out of it and just didn't even follow it hardly at all. But this last week I watched, I think just about, well, no, maybe the last two weeks, I watched just about every game that was played. I think I missed two. And apparently I need to stop watching because they don't do so well uh, when I am watching. (laughs) Yes, Uh, you're clearly the problem. Yes, exactly. They either scrape together a victory just barely, or they lose in the most frustrating way possible, such as uh, having a two-goal lead. So... Uh, I'm hoping they're they're fighting for a playoff spot right now, and uh, it's kind of dependent on the Boston Bruins, I think, losing somewhat too because they had a game up on them and then they wasted it. So um, yeah, we've we've well they've been slumping now for probably a good month and a half. They've been in a yeah. streak of let's win a game and then we'll lose two games and then we'll win a game, and uh, mm-hmm. they've had some. Not major in- injuries, but they've had some unfortunate ones. I'm kind of glad you brought this up because they, they're in an <laughs> interesting situation. So uh, where, where the Wings are placed right now, they're tied with Boston, uh, 95 points. 
Um, they played their game yesterday, which was the game they had in hand on Boston. So it would be nice if they could have won, but they yeah. didn't. So, But, I mean, they played against Washington and played a heck of a game. I mean, they had a good – I thought they had a good chance of yeah. tying it there at the end. Yeah. I mean, they didn't really play bad at all. I mean, that first goal is kind of fluky. Kind of wish the second one is one maybe you could have had back, but – Either way, and I think the teams the team played better, especially without having um, some key some key players. Uh, yeah, Franz has been so, gone forever. Yeah, basically, I mean, at this point, there's talk of who knows if he'll ever play again because he's had concussions before, and you know who knows if yeah, you know is you, your long term health. You get like risk, two you know? or three of those, and they start wondering if you should keep playing. So exactly, and who so, knows how many undiagnosed concussions there have been as well. You know, you yeah. never those are those are the one of those weird injuries that you can't just immediate look immediately look at and go yep you know your arm's broken or whatever it's yeah. so right now you've got boston sir you know their main competition we both have three games left so detroit's got uh you got at home against carolina on tuesday and then on the road against montreal thursday and then on the finishes the mm-hmm. season saturday at carolina um that game in montreal i don't know it's going to be extremely That's difficult gonna be to tough. win I don't know if they'll win that, but here's the thing. If they win Tuesday and uh, Ottawa loses, they're in the playoffs no matter what. We clinch mm-hmm. a playoff spot. So that's the thing. That's you gotta a look wild at is, card spot, right? Yeah. That's the thing you got to look at is where Ottawa's at. So um, so if Detroit finishes ahead of Boston and takes third place in uh, the Atlantic division, <clears throat> they would play uh, Tampa Bay in the first round Ooh. of the playoffs. Now, Which they've struggled against pretty much the entire season. Yeah. Well, there's a chance. Well, I guess it depends, too. It depends if Tampa Bay, whoever finishes in first and second, if Tampa Bay catches up. Like right now, if these standings I'm looking at are correct, uh, Montreal's only two points ahead of Tampa. Okay. And then uh, if we don't, we take that wild card spot, then we'd play the New York Rangers in the first round. So hmm. what would be nice, though, if we do clinch, if we do win and and if we've clinched the playoff spot, then at that point you could just rest. Cause like, you know, Zetterberg's been banged up. Dadsuk's banged up. It'd be nice that you can just set those guys for the remaining uh, games of the season and have them fresh and ready to go for the playoffs. Yeah, that's true. Rather than having to slog out and squeak in. So, I feel that's what Pavel's been doing lately. Cause he hasn't really looked like himself. Yeah, since he's he had came some back. lingering injury, some lower body injury he's been battling, I guess. Um, I think he twerked it in that last game. Cause he had a yeah. weird, it didn't look overly obvious, but he kind of went back to the bench looking mm-hmm. all weird. And then uh, just looking back at Boston's schedule, they play uh, the Capitals on the 8th, and then all home games, though. Uh, Capitals, mm-hmm. Panthers, and then the Lightning. So. Dang. And they're on a, I think they're on like a nine game, seven or eight game winning streak too. Boston. I'm not surprised. Oh, Boston. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at one point Detroit had a good like 12 point lead on them, but now. Yeah. They just had that, that slump. Yep. So, and I mean, the big story of course would be if they don't make it to the playoffs, how many can set they've had what? 21 consecutive. Uh, 21, 22. Don't quote me on that, but yeah, Yeah, right around there. So that would be the big story. If, uh, if they don't clinch it somehow. But so, yeah, that's everything, man. That's what I've been hmm. doing. Woohoo. Not a bad, not a bad taste. Uh, I don't have a whole lot here to add up uh, as we advertise poorly on the show <laughs> and on social media. We did play Battlefront 2 on Thursday. Just a few of us got together and we actually got uh, a bunch of other random people join the server too. And I'm 
I'm good with not playing that game <laughs> again yeah. for a while. I mean, it, it's fun. It's dated. And, you know, for a game that's 10 years old, what do you expect? But even so, the music, just the music and the sound effects sell that so much. And you're like, oh, my God, I, I need the new movies and the new game now. It's just it's so it still feels so much Star Wars just from those aspects of it. Like from gameplay, it's very bad. It's very bad gameplay wise. <laughs> but it was still fun. It's still Star Wars. Uh, still playing Dirty Bomb, trying to grind my way to level seven so I can unlock the ranked and uh, yeah, <clears throat> friend list matchmaking. I think I'm like 2,000 experience away. So probably within two matches, I could probably pull it off. Uh, they recently added a new uh, mercenary to the rotation. Um, it's another engineer type character who has uh, turrets. He has like an SMG and a uh, turret as a ability. So interesting oh, to check cool. that out. Uh, I've been playing a lot of Smash in rotation, doing a lot of mostly just since nobody else is online. I do for glory one one v one, and the highlight of that is um, saved on my Instagram. And it was one of the recordings I sent to you as well. I was playing against a Jigglypuff, and I was up. Uh, I almost two stocked him, and I got kind of got kind of lazy during my during and during the play and he smashed me off the stage and so I come back in and like charged to him to the right and he punched me and I got stuck in the a punching animation as I went off the stage and I all of a sudden I'm falling and I kind of panicked and I did my uh, I was playing as Falco Lombardi and I did my over B attack which is like a teleport sliding attack that covers a decent amount of ground so I did that underneath the stage which brought me about to the halfway point Use my double jump, and then use my up B attack and launch myself to the opposite side of the stage. So I went completely underneath the stage to the other side and saved I, myself. What's that? I was just going to say I'm actually watching it right now, and <laughs> it's it's quite something to behold. <laughs> Got up on the other side. He charged me. I grabbed him and threw him off the stage, and that's when I won the yeah, match. But yeah. it would have sucked to die there because I had such a huge uh, percentage advantage. But something... On a normal like on a normal level, you wouldn't be able to pull off because that's a final destination level, like all the levels are in uh stages are in four glory. That's why it's so like there's all that groom underneath. But a normal level, there's probably no way you'd be able to get under. But I don't think I could pull that off if I was planning it. <laughs> uh, Earthbound, I started playing Earthbound again a little bit too. Um, just progressing in that, and uh, Nintendo had revealed their platinum and gold member club nintendo award rewards excuse me and i decided it was between i wanted uh either donkey kong country tropical freeze or nes remix 2 and it just makes more sense to use it on donkey kong because that game still sells for like 50 bucks well nes remix 2 is only 15 dollars so i got uh dkc tropical freeze which i had to delete a few games to get room for so i also need a external hard drive <laughs> now as i've filled up uh all the local storage on the wii u but uh, I've, I've played a little bit of that that game is tough let me tell you <clears throat> that that game is not simple really it's got it's got co-op and um i know a lot of people have like completed everything unlocked all the stuff but man i go through a level and i look at all the stuff i missed i'm like man i didn't have no <laughs> idea any of this other things are there because like you have to get like the the kong letters and then there's like puzzle pieces and then mm-hmm. um God, something else in each stage you're supposed to try to get to, and it's like, man, I'm just happy to make through a level without dying. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, did we just not watch a movie? Uh, not that I can think of. Not anything notable. And so that was that's really it. That was my week of playing. Nice. 
God, dude. <laughs> well, since let's go right into the news, shall we? Yes, I will walk to this here news desk. <laughs> since we talked about Battlefield, how fitting. Uh, this is a uh, uh, see what week this is taking place. Uh, let's see, okay, yeah, uh, the week of the 16th and the 19th, you have a chance to play test Battlefront. What? Uh, but here's the catch: you gotta be near California or British Columbia. <laughs> so, uh, excuse me, that those dates I gave were for Star Wars Celebration. Um, anyway, Electronic Arts is offering playtest sessions. Playtest sessions. I should, I believe, it's this week, the week this podcast April you're hearing. It. So, yeah. so by the time you hear the show, who knows? Maybe it's already happened. Um, Next week of three to four hours in length at the Redwood Shores location in California and the Burnaby Campus in British Columbia. They're open to gamers of all types. That says on their Facebook page. So, uh, okay. I just I can't wait for that uh, celebration reveal because I feel like right now there is all this hype and anticipation for the game, and most people just want to see something in action because all we've seen so far, you know, we saw that very brief teaser CGI teaser two years ago, and then last year we just saw. You know, some renders and some very early test footage, but we've not actually seen the game in motion, so. It's Star Wars. I want to play it. Oh, my God. Uh, Are they they using the Frostbite engine for this? Yes. Yes, they are. It's going to look fracking sweet, dude. Yep. Who cares if it plays good? I just want (laughs) to. Just Uh, kidding. And I, I. and if you have, if you can think of any other, if like while we're going through this next piece, if you have any other like gaming news you found notable, I, I don't know. I I checked my my feeds again this morning. I was like, man, there wasn't. I don't have a lot here at all. So maybe I just kind of spaced out on news. No, or maybe I there, don't. There I mean, wasn't a lot that I check a, I check it out a lot when I'm uh, sitting on the porcelain throne. <laughs> on my... I mean, you see, like our news is very much a sample of what into and i feel like okay that that is slightly biased but i feel like you get a, at least a larger slice than what i feel like most of the other shows listen to are all more multi-console and we mm-hmm. don't really get a whole lot of console news so a lot of stuff you get from us is either very is either multi-genre or pc specific or i don't know yeah I, I'm, I'm looking right now and i'm i don't see much um a lot of uh Seems to be a lot of uh, just gameplay videos, like Rainbow Six Siege. I've seen. Yeah, quite you know, a few I'm, I'm just not excited about that. I signed up for the beta thing, thing for, and I'm just not. Uh, I don't know. I think we're. Yeah. I think that genre is uh, overflowing with options. So yeah, just like Battlefield Hardline, just not nothing, not, nothing doing that for me either. Yeah, and then of course uh, watching The Witcher. Yes, <laughs> right? but. Uh, but yeah, I I can't say that there was a lot this week, hmm. this last week. So I'm sorry. Well, jumping jumping I back then. You. Uh, last week Wednesday, uh, Nintendo had a direct. Uh, oddly enough, on April first, you know, April Fool's Day. So, um, yeah, not a lot of big heavy hitters mm. that we saw here, but they did come right out the gate and show Mewtwo for Smash Brothers and give us a yeah. date and when to expect that. And then out of nowhere, they showcased another character, Lucas, from uh, Earthbound. Or mother, which mother was he in? He's from the Earthbound series, but mother, I don't remember, mother three, I don't know the exact one. He actually comes in, and he was a character in Brawl as well, so he is returning. 
And then they're opening up a ballot, you know, right in ballot for more characters. Hmm. And uh, the other thing I thought cool is they're, they're expanding the, uh, the co- like costumes, DLC costumes for me fighters, like 75 cents a costume. And two particularly caught my eye, which were Mega Man X armor and Proto Man. Yes. How cool yes. is that? I want some Proto Man armor. Now, right. is it going to be, is it going to be Mega Man X when you upgrade? Cause is, aren't, aren't all the upgrades white? If I remember. No, correctly? it was just the blue, the standard, um, blue X. <laughs> Lame. Like if you go on the Smash Brothers website, there's a picture of it. Um, so let me see. I thought somebody told me, uh, there's more slots here on the site, but I don't see that. Anyway. So, I could have swore that, like, uh, Sakurai had said, the creator had said that, you know, they wouldn't be adding characters. And all of a sudden, well, let's add characters. So, uh, <laughs> Nintendo with their 180s. Uh, so, that was the big thing right off the bat. And then they're also finally, um, I think this is in April, April 23rd, maybe. And mm-hmm. then um, they're adding, uh, I don't know when we're going to get the tournament functionality, but they're adding some sharing functionality. We'll be able to share custom stages and me fighters and things like that. So nice ad- additions. Um, they showed uh, new footage on Yoshi's Woolly World with new uh, yarn amiibo, Yoshi amiibos, <laughs> of course. Uh, more Splatoon, which has amiibos. And then, of course, they showed off more waves of Amiibos, which that's an entire... We could spend hours talking about that and how quickly those sold out and the outrage on that. Because, once again, they have, like, Ness is a uh, GameStop exclusive Amiibo and pre-orders mm-hmm. are gone. It's just, man, it, the whole Amiibo thing is a nightmare. Now I'm like, if they ever do make a Falco one, am I even going to be able to get it? Like, that's the only one I really want. Yeah. <laughs> I've got three other ones, you know. But uh, quick hitters, though... Um, yeah, Nintendo 64 is finally coming to the Wii U Virtual Console. Wow. Uh, as soon as the Direct went up, I think uh, Super Mario 64 was available. So, hmm. long time coming. Uh, when Star Fox comes up, I will be buying Star Fox 64. Um, quite a few updates to Mario Kart. Uh, they're adding a 200cc mode for the first time ever in the series, which looks like yeah. a blast. I can't wait to play that. Uh, they're bringing the uh, DLC that was supposed to come out in May. That's coming in April 23rd now as well. So you get the four new, uh, eight, four, two new cups, eight new tracks, th- four new characters, and or three new characters. I don't remember new characters, new carts. Like a month earlier, so that's cool. And that 200 CC mode is a free up, free download. So that's cool. Uh, there's an Animal Crossing track in there that I think just kind of cool. That it every time you play it, it changes seasons. Not oh, a big deal, uh, but just something cool visually, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Fatal Frame, which is like a horror game that's coming yes. to Western, getting Western localization. Like, that's a... People have been wanting a translated Western version of that game forever, and well, that's coming. They had one for the original Xbox, I think, or PS2, and uh, never seen, never heard of it since. Hmm. So, I'm sure it's one of those things where... Uh, you know, they had like eight other releases in Japan and uh, we're now just now getting like the newest one. We'll, gotcha. we'll miss like half of the other ones. Not sure on that, but uh, but yeah, I know it's been around for a little while at least. OK, uh, Mario Maker got this confirmed release date for September as part of Mario's 30th anniversary. <clears throat> uh, the Yoshi Willy World I talked about Splatoon got a release date, uh, which is in uh, May. 
uh, there's a game called Pandora's Tower, Send and Punishment 2, hitting the eShop. And there's like a Shin Megami Tensei X Fire Emblem oh. crossover. You know, things oh. I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and there's some 3DS stuff too with um, some more, uh, a new Fire Emblem uh, game and some updates on, uh, I thought they showed more for the, uh, the, oh gosh, the freaking game Xenosaga or is the, that thing that's coming to the Wii U and the 3DS anyway. Uh, <laughs> Attack on Titan. There's I wish a, I could help you. There's Attack on Titan game, 3DS eShop exclusive game and then anime episodes coming. Yeah, that was that anime that I started watching a while ago on the show and never finished it, really. Uh, and apparently they have, the, like, on the 3DS, they have everything called the, the Street Pass. And uh, they have, like, a premiere mode for that, which is, like, a subscription service. I don't quite know. So, uh, yeah, in recap, these are for both systems. The Mewtwo and Lucas Fighter details revealed, uh, updates, extra features, Me Outfit DLC, uh, more Super Smash Bros. Amiibo ways confirmed with the fighter ballot for future DLC. And there, they had a bunch of uh, eShop games and like indie games coming that I'll actually have will have some cross-buy and free game promotions. Like I know uh, Don't Starve is coming. Um, and uh, Binding of Isaac Rebirth, I think that's the remaster. The yeah, yeah, remade yeah. One. That's coming to the Wii U as well, so I'm looking forward to... Yeah, I like that game. I've never, I never played it, so I might finally actually snag it. It's worth it if you like uh, dual stick shooter type, type uh, almost Zelda ish, um, dungeon crawler type <laughs> uh, thing. And let's see, let's, they announced what uh, two amiibo for May, four for June, and three for July already. So, uh, and they're just yeah, many many upset and frustrated fans on that i've been reading more and more like more and more bigger press outlets and picking up the uh, shortage issues though and how like the here's the worst thing i was to touch on it like nintendo their social media <clears throat> tweeted out a picture about something about yoshi's egg yoshi's found his egg too early what amiibo are you look, looking forward to in your easter basket this year and it's like you can't even keep it in stock for people to it's, it'd be one thing <laughs> if it's you know if you're a parent or a kid that really or someone that really wants the amiibo for the game functionality that you can't mm-hmm. get them but i feel like most people just want you know they're, they're collecting them it's yeah. just it, uh, you, you got to be able to address the situation the freaking scalping situation is just ridiculous you know yes uh, i agree oh nintendo we love you and we hate you all at the same time so let's talk movies. Okay. Uh, I know you're excited for this sequel, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2. <laughs> I haven't even seen the new um, Oh, yeah. The new you one. should probably watch it at some point just say you watched it. it. it I have it coming. I talked about it. It wasn't, you know, completely horrible. So they've cast Casey Jones, everyone's okay. favorite slapstick mercenary besides uh, Deadpool. <laughs> I guess he's more of a vigilante. Deadpool's a mercenary, but Casey Jones more a vigilante. Anyway, they've cast him for the sequel, which is played by I'm going to probably butcher his last name because I don't know if it's it's Stephen Amell Amell. I don't know which way you go, but he plays Oliver Queen on the CW's hit DC comic series Arrow. Oh yeah, that guy. So I think that's a cool casting. I mean, he's obviously going to be physically able to play the part, <laughs> you know. Um. 
He doesn't have long hair, though. <laughs> oh, God. How will they ever fix that? How will they ever fix that? So, uh, Ooh, here's an interesting in the same article. Though unconfirmed, previous reports on the sequel have alluded to the inclusion of the likes of Bebop and Rocksteady or even the interdimensional Krang as potential villains. Sold. I will go see in the theater if any of those three are in this. And you can hold me to that. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That's my Krang voice. Why do you sound like an old man? That's Krang. Didn't he sound like that? I don't don't remember what Krang. Whenever I hear Krang in my head, I, I... I feel right. I, I hear like a male version of Rita Repulsa. Either oh god, either I'm gonna look up and find something of Krang that he said from the original cartoon, and I'm going to put it in right here. So the turtles beat you again, Shredder, and you call yourself a super villain? Super collapse is more like it. And then now, after I put that in, I'm either going to look like a giant jackass. Or I will be right. So I can't wait to find mm. out what the case is going to be. <laughs> I'm you weren't pretty too, sure. He, sadly, you weren't too far off. I thought so. I thought so. A little less old man. And you, 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 well, you I'm secretly an old man. So well, you got a kid on the way. You're you're old now. What? What is that? <laughs> and this this next one ties into actually part of my weekend. Uh, Furious Ooh. Seven. Broke some records, this uh, some Bacchus office records this past speed. week. Oh, I thought maybe speed with records. explosive opening weekend. So it set a set a record for April openings, ninth biggest opening of all time. Hmm. Okay. Three hundred eighty-four million worldwide. I open this article and I see I hear a Furious Seven, right? And I'm thinking, yeah. okay, I'm going to see a car or something. I see Dwayne Johnson holding a chain gun, the likes of which you would see in like Doom Pred- or Predator. something. Predator, yeah. I'm, I've killed some baddies that have had smaller chain guns than that thing. Um, if you know what I'm saying, uh, yeah, I I would have fully expected this to suck just based on. I mean, I don't well, really know anybody. Let me who, let me put you in this perspective for you a little bit. Okay. Coming from this article, this is not okay. only the biggest April opening weekend of all time. Okay, but the previous record holder was Captain America, which only made ninety-five million. Holy but the ninth, shit! But this is the ninth biggest opening weekend of all time. Ninth biggest opening weekend period. I mean, one hundred one hundred forty-three point six million domestic. That's a big. Jesus. That's a big opening. That's a big chunk. For perspective, that's more than every movie in Twilight Saga. More than Sony's first Spider-Man movie, and more than every single Star Wars movie got on their first weekends. Why? I don't. I don't hear well, a lot of thing. people talking. When's, about when's it? the last time you watched a f- movie, a film from this series? Uh, Tokyo Drift, I believe it was. Is uh, I don't remember what channel I was on, but they were. I don't know if they're showing a marathon, but the first episode was on. And I, since I wasn't feeling good this weekend, I was like, you know what? I'm going to watch it. So I watched the first, the first episode, the first movie, and then I like the not the second one, but then Fast and Furious, so I think that's like that was after the Tokyo Drift ones. <laughs> I'm, I'm or looking, maybe I'm it, or is it a sequel? Out. Or is it a sequel? I can't. I don't remember the order. I so want to say it, Tokyo Drift was number three. Yeah, because wasn't was it? It was the Fast and the Furious, and then oh, what was the second one? The Fast and the Furious, Too Fast, Too Furious, with the okay. ridiculous. The Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift, which was 06. Okay. Uh, Fast and Furious was. 
four was number four. Okay, that's the one I just watched. So well, they just sort of they watched. just dropped out the thes and put an ampersand in there. Um, Fast Five, which I heard Fast Five was the one that really turned the corner, like started mm-hmm. getting people back into it. Then of course Fast and Furious Six and Furious Seven. They can't figure out what the hell they want to call this series. That's annoying. <laughs> But they, it is, it is a, they are fun movies. I, I mean, I, I'm sure I probably gawked at it and came down on it in the last show, too. But after revisiting, because I haven't watched them since, like, I have not since they first came out. So I'm sure only one time. But I found myself, you know, it's a good movie. And why I think it's so successful is it has very wide demographic appeal. Like, I, I was reading some of the articles about the... um audience demographic and it's very widespread amongst well, like i think it captured i think the uh, of u.s moviegoers the largest i think uh hispanic was the largest uh demographic demographic and then like um followed by caucasian but then there's like 20 i think it was around a quarter 25 percent were african-american and that's huge for a a mainstream hollywood film i guess and if you hmm. think about it, the character, like I was reading an opinion piece on Polygon that was talking about this. If you think about it, though, what do they have in this movie? You have several characters of mixed, of varied races, varied genders that are entertaining. Probably oh, sharing my, equal screen time, too. Yeah. So, wow. If you make uh, a movie that will appeal to multiple peoples, you actually get multiple peoples to come to the movie. Amazing, amazing concept. They're trying, they're trying to do that. Uh, they try to do that with women as well. Like, um, you know, that would be a large demographic to get into the audience, uh, into the theaters. I mean, and uh, the problem becomes I, I can't remember exactly what it is, but basically, it's hard to write a female character in Hollywood that doesn't either just go around talking about the main character the main the main male character and how they're in love like pretty much all their conversations just involve talking about that character or Mm. or um there's something else too that that basically there's a there's a test i wish i could remember that um if your character does if your character passes that test then they're not stuck in that in that stereotypical like Either they're the the love interest or they're just, you know, not interesting characters or make women come off as kind of bitchy or, or whatever. So if they can actually find the right formula where where they, you know, give you a realistic, nice portrayal of a woman that isn't stereotypical, then you could probably do the same thing with with that demographic as well. Um my question about the series, though, is the last one I watched was actually about racing, if I remember correctly. How much is the, how much of this movie? Okay, well, the last one you saw was what? Fast and Furious. Uh, yeah, Fast and Furious. How much of that was actually about racing and how much and cars and how much of it was about any like action or whatever else? Well, that second one, I kind of that's when my family started was coming over, so I kind of stopped. I was mostly just listening to that one. Okay. So because I can't I, really because I'm in, I, I would be something I'd be interested in, but I don't know how much of it is actually about racing anymore. Yeah. Well, what I also read in that same opinion piece from Polygon, they talked about this, this newest one is good just for movie people to see because just for the stunt work, 
I guess the stunt work in these most recent films has just been fantastic. And the I fact would... that most of their shots are practical effects, like the whole thing with uh, the cars coming out for the, you know, dropping out of the plane. That was all shot. You know, they had the stuntmen go out and film it. I do enjoy that. That is that is something I wish that it probably costs less to drop actual cars out of planes than it yeah. does to make them in 3D. Yeah, but. and there's like another scene, some of it with a, a bus that crashes off a cliff, and they had one of the actors like runs off the side of this bus into another car or something like that, so they only could do one take. You know, I had to get that in one shot, that whole stunt work. So I got I, a lot of the stunt work, I guess, supposed to be pretty top notch in this film. Nice. So, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, uh, I, I had often wondered if a lot of the success was, you know, kind of led by the passing of Paul Walker and that, you know, really boosted the, yeah you know, the film's reach. But I, I kind of want to, part of me wants to see it too. Just, you know, it's probably the, I'm assuming this is the last film that he'll appear in. Um, but like well, how they, how said they, they, fin- they, how they finished shooting off. it. Yeah, like how they how they send off his character, and then I remember how they had, had the red articles that they had his his brothers were filling in so, some scenes for him. So I'm interested to see how, like how that stuff played out too. I yeah. don't know if I'll see it in a the theater, but I do want to watch it at some point. Might be worth going to the cheap one near so, us. So, but to then see. at the same time, though, I'm like, man, maybe I should just watch all of them. I know, I do. I have so that maybe we need to have well. a flux to marathon. Ooh, uh, a. F- too fast, too flux to post. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Live streamed. I couldn't even get it out. That's what we're she gonna said. too fast, too flux to post. There it is, folks. Now it's official. <laughs> we are accepting Patreon.com donations to the cause. Yes, yes, I like it. <laughs> Speaking of the cause, Muppet mm. Show might be coming back to ABC. I, I love. I, I wasn't uh, around for the original Muppet Show. But then you had Muppets Tonight, which I was—I've always loved. I know I've talked about on here. I love the Muppets. Always have. Always will. Um, so yeah, there's a, apparently it uh, talks of it. The classic variety show format coming back to ABC uh, networks, having a proof of concept, which isn't quite a full pilot shot for presentation, and it's in line for a straight to series order. ABC likes what it sees. Hmm. Must um, be like a technical demonstration. Or yeah, something. and Bill Prady, who is the co-director of co-creator, excuse me, of Big Bang Theory, is co-writing the script. Is it Prady or Pratty? Maybe Pratty. I don't know. Michael. Uh, he has a history with the franchise, having written written for many of its incarnations. So, this is supposed to. It's a reboot that's supposed to bring back the Muppets' classic cast of characters and feature a very meta story about them meeting to reboot reboot bleh, reboot their own show. Ugh, they're ruining my childhood. They keep rebooting all these series. Can't hey, they just leave them alone? If, if Netflix can get a full house reboot going, then ABC sure as hell can get Muppets going. I thought that was a oh, April no. Fool's joke. That's not. Mother effort. Everywhere you look, everywhere you look, somebody <laughs> who needs you. Okay. I think you need to look up. Okay, there, you got it. That was perfect. I'm going to cut that. I am making that my ringtone. That ringtone will be the, available. You don't on think the, the lyrics are right? Because I got into an argument with Jess about it, and I listened, made her listen to it on YouTube, and I proved her wrong. Well, then, in that case, I, mean, I skipped could, over, I I skipped argue over with a that. line, but. You know. I can't argue with that logic. <laughs> and as a follow-up to a previous article we had mentioned, Indiana has a, made amends to the religious freedom law. 
their Gen hate Con act. responds. So this took place on this article was published on the third. So this took, happened on Thursday the second. Um, Indiana has made amends with the religious freedom law, and we have a, a response from Gen Con here as well. So. Um, Governor Mike Pence signed into law changes to the state's controversial SB 101 bill. Uh, the measure is designed to remove concerns that the state's religious freedom law would legalize discrimination, discrimination against the LGBTQ community. Uh, before the bill was signed, you know, Gen Con obviously raised their voice and threatened to leave Indiana. Da, da, da. So the, there was a measure passed by the state legislator, legislature, and it seems at least taken the teeth out of the bill. So now – uh, for the first time in Indiana state history, it specifically makes sexual orientation and gender identity protected categories. Um, and in quotes here, the main thing says, no one can refuse you service under the RFRA, period. So um, Gen Con has a response, you know, here. I'm not going to – there's a lot of – this is mainly the best thing for you to read and digest yourself. But basically, um, the main thing is there's, you know, bidding is underway for the 2021 Gen Con. So it doesn't look like, you know, Gen Con is going to be packing up and moving. Um, but the thing is, I, 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 I bet we don't see them in Indianapolis and in the, in 2021, you know, in six years, I expect them to be moved up shop. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, they're talking about how much misunder misunderstanding there has been about this issue. Yeah. Well, there's and, one thing. There was this. There's this <clears throat> one place you kept hearing about. There's this family pizza place or whatever, and they yeah. flat out said that you know if you come in and to our shop and want to dine in there, you won't get re- denied service or refused. But apparently, they had a a gay couple that had, they apparently they do catering too, and they were refused catering for their wedding. They will well, not. They will not do that because of the religious beliefs. They will not cater to any. Wedding such as that, and that caused a big uproar and all these people. And then I guess they had to close down. They had to close down for such and such days. And then somebody started a GoFundMe for them for the losses they incurred for those three days, and it, it like shot up to over like fifty thousand dollars. We um we had quite a conversation here at the Rose household. Um, Mike, of course, was involved, and um. That was one thing that I noted that was interesting about some of did the specific say, people. Did he make a comment how we shouldn't talk about things like that because we sound like simpletons? Of course he did. He's probably thinking it right now. But, um, man, this is a Mike Bash episode if there ever <laughs> was one. Boom. That's what you get when you have a podcast. Uh, yep. You can make fun of your friends. Uh, <laughs> but I had made made mention that I noticed that a lot of the services, a lot of the things that were actual cases of this thing happening were that they were services being rendered like um catering as opposed to like you can't come in here and buy a hammer because you're gay or whatever it's more like well you you're going to have a gay wedding which my religion doesn't allow and that is to me at the very least is a little bit more um understandable and something that you can actually prove as opposed to just being like, well, you look like gay, so I'm not going to sell you anything. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I, I, it, it's, I guess it's up to them to prove that their that their religion states that you know they can't sell to to gay people or or whatever it is. So, but when it's something a little bit more clear cut like that, at least I can understand where they're coming from, which I think is important in any 
um, debate or any kind of situation where you have two clear-cut sides on the matter here. But under the umbrella of it affecting Gen Con, that is very um, serious. That's that's way more serious than the than any of this bill politics nonsense. I don't want Gen Con to go anywhere because it's like one of the. It's I hope I hope people understand that I'm being facetious here, but um, it's what probably the biggest one that's closest to us, the biggest event. Uh convention yeah because i don't think chicago has i mean chicago has c2 e2 and they have a comic convention but i think gen con is by far larger than either of those yeah. so i don't detroit think detroit doesn't really have anything detroit has a uh motor city comic con next month but other than that there's they have yeah, a car show yeah the auto show <laughs> <laughs> but no i'd say gen con's probably bigger than all that so <laughs> definitely the biggest Excellent. I also have some late news to Whoa. round out the show. What? Apparently, no Apparently. On uh, Friday, you can get the digital HD release of all six Star Wars films. The digital release? Digital HD. It'll be available. For how much? Oh, I'm sure probably, let's see. As much as you play, paid for the Blu-ray, Blu-ray oh, release. Actually, I didn't pay. Did I? Did I buy those myself, or did I get those as a gift? I don't remember. Um, Force Awakens da, 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 will be on digital HD globally beginning Friday, April tenth. Sixty dollars is my guess. Um, let's see. Actual retail price. And this is what has each film. We have episode one. We'll have conversations with Doug Shang. Doug Chiang looks back. Discoveries from insides, models, and miniatures. Legacy content includes the beginning. The Padres theatrical edit plus eight deleted scenes. Uh, Attack of the Clones gives the same conversations things with some costumes. Uh, episode 3, Revenge of the Sith. That's conversations the Star Wars that almost was. Uh, hologram and bloopers. Legacy content. You've got a bunch of stuff for the three films. Hmm. It does not say... Yeah, Were you I was able to say, search for anything? I was just going to say, I'm searching for... Well, in this article, I searched for price or cost, and it didn't didn't um, come up with anything. What, what scares me, and this is the reason why I don't do any of these kind of um, digital download things, is that, like, if you do it through Vudu, I think you have it... It's on that program, right? Like, you don't just get to download the movie and have it as a file, do you? I, I would... Just, I don't know. I've had, I've never like I haven't bought anything digital on a PC. Like the only thing digitally like digital I own or like there's a couple um like I have a digital copy of a Watchmen and I have a digital copy of uh uh Transformers. I got it from free on Google. But I don't No one's even even in this one from Disney, no one is asking how much it's going to cost. That's weird. That's, that's what I want to know. I want to know how much it costs. I'm guessing sixty dollars. Because the complete saga, the saga on Blu-ray looks like it still retails for around ninety. So uh, maybe fifty then. It's like it looks like 60. you can get Star Wars trilogy episodes four through six Blu-ray is forty-five dollars on its own, and then uh, that's just a blu-ray and then if you can get a, you can get a blu-ray dvd widescreen combo for 45 dollars. so i would say gosh, 60 seems steep though I, I guess i don't even know how much how much does a digital movie cost just a 
playing digital movie. Uh, let's see, digital movie. Well, okay, Voodoo disc to digital. Um, oh, it's actually on Voodoo. Oh my gosh, pre-order ninety dollars. It's for on the, Voodoo for, for the, the digital films? movie for the digital movie collection. Well, I would not pay ninety bucks for digital. Oh man. I guess they're probably selling up all the special features and stuff, but still, that just seems out. Wow. I heard an interesting thing. Um, Maybe we can confirm this. I heard that uh, I think it was either episode one or episode two was shot in 1080p. So Uh, when it comes to 4K, they're going to have a Hmm. real problem. (laughs) Uh, Fuck 4K. I'm just not. Well, I don't understand how that works because even... It's not 1080p when you go to the theater. But at the time, like 4K wouldn't even get anywhere close to where I'd want to even spend money on it, which I don't even think it's even worth the visual upgrade, fidelity upgrade. Oh, I'm we're glad it's at, coming like, out. We're gonna be at like 10. We're gonna be at like 8K or something. So I'm glad it's coming out because it's gonna push each regular 1080p TVs down do to not, the dirt. Like I just did not notice that give a change. I'm not that big of a audio, like a technophile to like to need that. You know, I'm sure some people that want to have the like legit premiere home theater experience you know but um actually it's it's technically better because there are more uh pictures per inch which uh is closer to real life Gosh, I think... right now right now i wish i had a soundboard because i would play the <laughs> mr peabody quiet sherman <laughs> um i don't know i think the closer we get to any sort of realistic looking thing it becomes almost de- de- detrimental to uh, are the you referring to the uncanny of, valley? I uh, am. Yeah, well, yeah, a little bit. Or the the whole looking through a window effect. Mm. They tried that, you know, forty eight frames per second, um, filming for uh, Lord of the Rings or whatever it was, uh, The Hobbit, and everyone who saw it said that they thought it looked weird and didn't like it at all. So, hmm. who knows? Well, let's play some music now. Yes. Uh, we'll I mean, it's overclock remix time. So I thought, what's some weird game we haven't listened to a song from? <laughs> what? Yes, Katamari Damacy. The Why weirdest not? of games. The crazy PlayStation Two release. Tell me, this is la 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 la. No, it is. That would be Katamari on the Rocks. Oh, actually, uh, you know what? This might this this says that's in there. I had listened to it, but I didn't hear it. So maybe it comes in towards the end. Um, our song is called Love Everlasting, and. Uh, the songs pulled for this remix are Katamari on the Rocks, which is the main theme, and Lonely, Lonely Rolling Star. <laughs> Again, this is uh, Katamari Damacy, released for 2004 by Namco on the PlayStation 2. If you've never played this game, I, I, that's one of the reasons I still have my PlayStation 2 is for Katamari Damacy. It is just an experience, to say the least. Uh, our remixer is DDR Kirby, and there's an ISQ in parentheses, and I don't know why. That's in parentheses. No one I don't know knows. What that means. Um, it's a mystery. It is a mystery. So, uh, yeah, this is Katamari Damacy's Love Everlasting, available on Overclocked Remix with many, many more remixes for your ears to enjoy. Lucas, Ooh. play that track. Click.
gentlemen. All the way from the planet Hondo, we are Future Folk. I want you to rock this place out every night. His fingerprints, the license, his social security number, none of them come up on our computer. Bill! Why not just tell her you're from Hondo? Earth is a complicated place. So are its women. That's not a problem. I have no idea what's going on with you. Everything will be okay. Hondo. Hondo. All right. So this week's Netflixation was uh, the history of future folk, the indie comedy that Netflix described at one time as this: an alien ordered to colonize Earth abandons his mission. When he hears music for the first time and is determined to save his adopted planet, um, yeah, that's a pretty that's a pretty good description there. For yeah, once. I think they're actually dead on for once. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, let's I will in- say this: if we didn't, if we weren't naming this episode "Big News" in honor of your big news, it would definitely have to be something Hondo. Hondo. Yes, exactly. It sounds very Japanese or something. It does. But, uh, like dang don doors. Dang dong doors from Hondo. Uh, man, that's kind of a, that's a tongue twister right there. Uh, Five-sentence synopsis, as always. Spoilers, Spoilers ensue. Uh, number one, Bill, or General Trius, was it? Trius? Yep, yeah, Trius. 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 Trius would just sound stupid. Trius. General Trius. He sounds like a Star Wars character. Uh, lives incognito on Earth as a Hondoian. I think that's right. Hondoian. Sent to unleash a deadly virus upon the world so that they may make a new home for the doomed planet, planet Handel. When the Handoians realized Bill realized Bill wasn't going to perform his mission, they sent the mighty Kevin to assassinate him and finish his mission. That was number two. I think he was called the mighty Kevin. Wasn't it the mighty Kevin? Or yeah, mighty Kevin. Kevin the Great. Okay. No, nope, mighty. Number three. Bill unleashes music upon Kevin, who, like Bill, is completely enamored and decides to join Bill and create the band Future Folk, which was uh, named by none other than Dee Snyder. He recommended (laughs) it to them. Uh, Number four, when it's discovered that Kevin was meant – oh, sorry, the the mighty Kevin – was meant as a distraction for the real threat, the duo gather their wits to come up with a plan to not only save Hondo, but the planet Earth as well. Number five. Working together and against some pretty serious odds, they are able to launch a missile at the comet that threatens to end Hondo and destroy it for all of humanity. And Hondanity? I don't know how you would say that. Hondo. Hondo. Uh, I was going to text you Hondo, but I I didn't know if you had seen the thing yet. Yeah, I watched it. I had started watching it on Saturday night, and I finished it on Sunday. Excellent. Um, yeah, so let's let's just get into what I liked, shall we? Um, the story, or from a story perspective, uh, 
I thought this was a pretty good example of kind of a fleshed out, fleshed out idea for a story that is fairly simple. I mean, we've heard of, uh, you know, the hero having to save the world or whatever type thing. But uh, they kind of made it into something new with with the aliens that, uh, well, aliens, I'll put in quotation marks because they're just <laughs> regular looking people. But um that kind of have a diff- different perspective from us, and uh, they have come to learn or come to learn to love music. So, which apparently seems fairly natural for them. I guess yes. it would be if it was they something that you that. didn't, yeah, you didn't know that you were missing out on it, but also, yeah, they excel at it for some reason. Um, and I thought both characters were pretty interesting, and all around, everyone did a fairly good job acting. But I think out of everybody, Kevin steals the show for the for the uh, he kind of reminded me of like a young John Candy a little bit or something like that. I just um, liked I liked any of the songs that they did, especially like his over the top vocals. Yes, where like when he starts singing too, he just belts it out. It's like, oh, that's awesome. Well, apparently they are a real band called Future Folk. Oh, and interesting. It, it, they are they are the band, and they decided to make this movie. Apparently, I haven't listened to any other music. I would assume that those were already so, so songs. A little bit of Tenacious D up in there, eh? Yeah, I, yeah, that was one of my other things that they kind of reminded me of. They might be giants a little bit too. Um, I, I would love to go to a concert and see a bunch of people with the red buckets Bucket on their heads. heads <laughs> yeah. Um, did you notice the video game references in the I, movie? I noticed. I caught the Super Mario one, but I didn't catch Punch Out. Yeah, there's a part where he's training. Uh, I think it was a montage uh, portion where they were playing one of their songs. And it's a very subtle, I think, nod to punch out. It's not the, it's not the music. It's that he's riding a bike in a red shirt, like red polo with a white collar. And Kevin is behind him jogging on a um, on a um, pier. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 that. Okay, I thought there was music. Yeah, I don't know. Sorry. Yeah, that was awesome <laughs> how they totally had the whole the Doc Lewis scene on the bicycle yeah. and them. Yeah. So I thought awesome. that was funny. There wasn't there wasn't hardly any other video game related things in it, so it wasn't like over the top, but they were just they just snuck them in here and there. And then the Mario Brothers theme was when he was uh, playing the banjo for Kevin when he first yeah. captured him. Um so I thought that was pretty cool that they, you know, could include something that they, I would assume they were into. Um, and then, uh, as I had, or sort of what I said before, but it's also a good example of an indie film that knows its strength and strengths and weaknesses. And that they made a movie about aliens, but they made it work within a budget that was probably really, really small comparatively. And yeah. um like they had an they had an alien that looked like an alien and honestly it looked like something that would have been in Power Rangers or something but it still worked i mean probably was, a large chunk of their budget was to just to create that <laughs> costume for it that was, it was probably the gold and the metal rings of the costume of that <laughs> that thing um but yeah i think it's a good example of a of a movie that you know they probably didn't get a lot of money for so they didn't try to do anything that they couldn't and and just end up failing on just because they tried to do too much. Um, I didn't, for what I disliked, I didn't dislike a whole lot, but the, the idea or the story, the plot of the story kind of has some holes in it a little bit, but I give it a pass just because honestly, I mean, it's a story about aliens and 
um, you kind of have to suspend your disbelief anyway for the for the whole thing. And I mean, really, do you want? Do you expect them to be able to show every? Like, I don't need an origin story for Bill or General <laughs> Trius or anything like that. So I kind of give it a pass as as far as like what he's been doing for those years that he was on on Earth before before now or anything like that. So, you know, don't expect that type of a story. Just you just go with the flow basically. And if you can do that, then you're okay. Um however the wife kind of came off a little bitchy to me <laughs> during the entire movie. She does okay towards the end, but like her her solitary purpose seems to be um hassling their child to go to bed. Like the dad gets to be have all the fun scenes where he's hanging out with this kid and they're coloring or telling stories or whatever. And then mom has to come in and be the boss and be like, why, right, right. why aren't you in bed? You know? And I, I was like, man, that I feel kind of bad for her. And then, um, you know, just because of what happens throughout the movie and he can't tell her the truth. Cause I mean, how, how well would anyone take, uh, by the way, you married an alien. No, seriously. Um, she kind of gets a little distant from him. And, and it just kind of makes her come off cold, I think, a little bit. And it's helped towards the end, but I thought it was kind of a not the greatest written character, unfortunately, for the, for the actress who had to play her, or who ended up playing her, I should say. And then more from the technical aspects of this movie, I mean, I know they're limited in budget, but uh, there was one scene in particular that really just looked terrible, and that was when... They grab the cardboard to go sleep out by the river near the bridge or the bridges in the background. <laughs> and it just it literally looks like they threw a light like they just they had a skeleton crew and they went out and threw one light up and it just is grainy as hell. It looks weird. I don't know what the deal was, but uh, it might have even been a pickup shot that they went and got later. But it, it stands out technically as fairly poor quality. And then there was also what I like to call the jello. The je- the Jello uh, shutter roll, um, which you get in video cameras because they're constantly refreshing the screen. Like in film, you don't have that problem. But when you hook it up to, I'm sure you see it. Like if you take the the video on your phone and you move the screen left and right really quick, it'll kind of the top of the screen will or the bottom of the screen. I don't remember which one, but the one side of the screen will lag. Um, compared to the other one, and it causes this weird wobbling effect if you do hmm. it quick enough. And that was happening because they attached, I'm assuming, like a GoPro or something to to the car of the da- the dash of the car. And so when they're hitting bumps and stuff, it made the the video go all jelloy. So that's never a good look. Uh, but I'm probably just nitpicking there. Um, and probably weirdly of all, considering this is a band that put this all together. The music that that happens like in the action sequences and stuff was kind of like overproduced and and just weirdly didn't fit with the the rest of the movie. Considering that they're like playing with a guitar and banjo, I kind of expected more music like that, something that they would have made themselves. But this was more like bombastic drums and <laughs> and weird. I don't know. Again, it kind of sounded like music you would just buy off a website. But in this case, I know they didn't because it mat- it synced up with the with the action that was happening. It just, I don't know, it just didn't really fit the movie very well. It seemed way too overproduced 
for my tastes anyway. Uh, was there anything th- that's my, that's my list of, uh, likes and dislikes. Was there anything that, uh, that sh- struck your fancy or stuck out as a, as a sore? Uh, you know, I, I'm just kind of disappointed. I waited this long to actually watch it. You know, I've had this in my queue for probably a year, you know, wow. and I don't know why, I don't know why I was turned off to it. I, I guess maybe like folk part of it, but I like a mm-hmm. lot of folk music. So I don't know why that was even a concern of mine. Um, well, I think you're. I think that you're rolling the dice when you just pick some random movie. Yeah, from. and like their music performance is like some of my favorite part. Like usually when movies have yes. like a band part, I'm like, Ugh, but I, I like those are some of my favorite scenes when those when they were performing. Who knew you just, would end up liking a song about uh, farming space worms or whatever? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But no, I I really I, I don't really have a lot to add. I like the I like the characters and I like the. Uh, Except I didn't I didn't enjoy Mighty Kevin's creepy <laughs> drugging of the police officer. That, yeah. that, that, so that whole scene was just awkward, you know. But then he plays like that sweet Spanish this Spanish guitar for you. That, that is true. <laughs> yeah, apparently he picked up uh, Spanish. I, I guess they can just learn whatever they want yeah. whenever they want. That, oh no, I really liked I really liked the movie. That reminded me too. Uh, there were a couple of bad CG effects in here, though. Uh, the hand, whenever they use the hand thing, I mean that that uh, looked like a basic yeah. uh, After Effects type deal. Mm-hmm. And uh, at the end, when they look up at the stars, you can tell they threw up a green screen um, around the buildings because they probably couldn't get the stars. To, I mean, they're in the middle of the city, so the stars don't immediately aren't immediately present over buildings generally so they probably had to to edit that in but uh you know such is the case when you have a lower budget film um yeah the mute i i was surprised at how much i enjoyed this movie i was from especially from the trailer i was expecting it to be a little bit more um kind of uh just that typical indie feel where everyone is just kind of like got this weird way about them where they, they're very opinionated and they just, I don't know, everybody's barefoot and dancing in the grass or something. I don't know how to explain it, but I just was expecting more of kind of like a commentary on people like Mm. humans. And they did have a little bit of that, but it was, it wasn't over the top. It wasn't like, they had an agenda or anything like yeah. that. It just, it was just a little bit of commentary, but nothing like, okay, we get it. You know, you're cool and artsy fartsy and we should all feel like we can't be a part of humanity. We're all just our dying artists or whatever. Bleeding yeah. artists is what I'm trying to say here. So I was expecting more of that. And actually it ended up being something that was pretty funny. I laughed at a few spots genuinely. And, um, yeah, I, I thought it was I thought it was much better than I expected as well. So, so yes. let's recap. Was it entertaining and fun? Yes, it was. I thought it was not only entertaining, but even more critical. It was fun. Ah. Um, well, let's recap the Netflix guess. I was at yes. a four point eight. Very high for you. I was yes. at four point five. And now the drum roll. Am I revealing or are you revealing? Uh go ahead, sir. What did you okay. give? You know, I'm going to give it a four. Oh, ditto. Oh, we are in agreement then. Hmm. Yep. Uh, I, I wanted to give it a 4.5, but 
I think that you know, I as much as I want to give a higher score to a movie just based on the storytelling, there there is technical aspects that have to be considered and also, like I said, there are some plot holes that you kind of have to shut your brain off for and just just go with it. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> excuse me, from that perspective, you know, it's not, it, I can't in good conscience give it a higher rating just because I liked the movie. You know, I'm, I would be being biased, biased, I feel like, if um, if I were to do it just solely because I liked it. So, yeah. And ignore, ignoring the other things that were clearly um, issues. So, but uh, but yeah. So that's a uh, that's a four for uh, the history of future folk. Shall we talk about our next week's viewing? Um, yeesh. Yeesh. This was uh, actually recommended to us by another podcast called Dad's Getting Grounded, and um, they had requested that we check out Snowpiercer. Now, this was something that I didn't have any interest seeing after I saw the trailer in the theater. We were watching something else. It was probably like Hunger Games or something. And I was just like, this just looks like the same oppressive government thing. Let's fight against, you know, the the oppressive government that doesn't understand us or whatever. But uh, it's gotten, I've heard it's pretty good from a couple of different people. And it's been on my list for a while, and, you know, I think I'd been bitching about, man, I should get around to watching Snowpiercer. And somebody uh, was like, I remember, well, just I remember make talking it about when I had watched it a few months, I don't know how many months back, and I was like, oh, have you watched it? And I remember being kind of surprised that you had it, because it seems like it'd be yeah. something you would have jumped on. And, uh, yeah, so sure enough, somebody was like, just make it a make it a um, Netflixation. And I was like, well, eh, eh, and Han, and so... Somebody recommended it, and I will rise to that challenge, and uh, I will view it with my eyeballs, and hopefully uh, you folks at home will do the same. Or wherever you may be. I suppose you might not be at home. Uh, Netflix described it as the... Oh, Snowpiercer is a sci-fi thriller, if you didn't know. Uh, It's no horror comedy, but we'll get through it. The Earth's remaining inhabitants are confined to a single train circling the globe as revolution brews among the class-divided cars. That is how Netflix described it. Um, Netflix gave... Oh, whoops. You may know Chris Evans, obviously. Captain America. Um, Here's some names I'll butcher. Kang Ho Song, the host. Uh, He he played somebody in the host. Uh, Ed Harris. A Beautiful Mind, The Rock. Uh, I know him, as I was telling you before the show, mostly from A History of Violence. Um, and written and directed by Jun Ho Bong. Also um, wrote The Host and, I believe, directed it. So uh, He's done some other stuff, too, but pretty much localized to the Asian market, I would assume. Mm. Netflix gave me a four as a guess for how much I would enjoy this movie. Let us see if they are correct. Oh, I should probably look and uh, see what it gave me, eh? I always forget numerical, to check the doc in time. It's a numerical joy factor. Uh, Great uh, name for a band. What about, so we're not, does that mean we're not going to watch Wolf Cop? Oh, we will watch Wolf Cop at some point. We watched the trailer. Actually, I watched the trailer with Mike. and uh, or, Did we watch the trailer or did we... 
I think we did watch the trailer. Yeah, we did because uh, it was ridiculous, as you would expect. <laughs> well, unfortunately, since I had rated the movie after previously watching it, I can't figure out how to see my Netflix score again. I think there is a way to remove your rating, but I can't remember. Because I did that once on accident as well. Oh, wait. Clear. There we go. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. It, it, my guess for me is like almost a five star. So Dang. There you go. Netflix average is a 3.6. Oh, yeah, because they give you the uh, what everyone has been rating it, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Ah, that's interesting. 3.6. Hmm. There you go. Well, let's uh, go to the grab bag and we'll finish up this year's show. Excellent. Make sure you watch Snowpiercer. And if you uh, give us your thoughts before the show, we'll make sure to include them on the next episode. I think we made it Snowpiercer because it's becoming spring now and we have pierced the snow <laughs> pierced the with ice. trains. Oh, boy. Anyway, <laughs> before he goes off on that tangent, uh, our grab bag question for this week was, how do you feel about newly released games that are programmed in a classic style? Examples include Shovel Knight or Pillars of Eternity. Uh, we have a couple answers, starting off with uh, Denny, a beer guy, at mm-hmm. Blue Screw. But him psh. Uh, if you're talking about 8 or 16-bit retro, then I say leave them back in the 80s and 90s. I'll hook up my retro consoles. I want next-gen gameplay and graphics for my new consoles. With that being said, I do love Rogue Legacy, but it's a rare one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I agree, and I disagree the same way. I mean, I, I don't, I'm too lazy to hook up my old things, so if I can play it by just pushing a button, <laughs> then <yeah>. I do. <laughs> Uh, Dave K at RoboPig. It feels like it went from a fad to a crutch. I didn't buy current gen consoles to play 8-bit games. Mm-hmm. And Mike Mahoney at Captain Mike M. As long as the game is compelling, it's not. An, it's a non-issue. I don't like retro. Don't play them. I'll be over here playing the good ones. Don't, or, don't. over here enjoying the good ones. If you don't like retro, don't play them. Don't like. Yeah, to, there, to, you there you go. There you go. Clarify that. Thank you. Um. I feel like it's I feel like for a, a smaller studio that it's easier for them to make 8-bit or 16-bit yeah. retro style graphics as opposed to fully cuz otherwise then you need like so many more level designers and artists and everything like and probably more expensive software and hardware um so I feel like for for an indie company or like Super Me- the uh, Team Meat or something like that, you know, it not that they did retro graphics graphics necessarily, but they are, you know, um of a lesser quality than you're going to get from a AAA studio. Um I feel like they don't really have a choice. It's either that or you know, what else what else is there? I guess you could make a TD there are some 2D platformers that are rendered in 3D style, and that's okay too, but um you know, I feel like sometimes it, it is beneficial for them to go back and 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 uh pay homage, if you will, to those styles. Yeah. Like I like those like the pixel styles, but also in the same time, like pixel junk stuff has been like so oversaturated yes. the games market, you know. There is a huge glut of pixel style games where it's just like everything pixel. It's uh 
I mean, you can't, I mean, it's just going to happen. I assume it'll probably be one of those things where only the good one, eventually only the, the few standouts will actually sell and the rest will just kind of go back into, it's like, oh, great. Another, another eight bit style game. Yeah. Woohoo. Yeah. So, I mean, look at, look at, uh, what was the Mega Man, the spiritual Mega Man, um, remake coming out? Yeah, like there's a good example of a 2D sprite based game, I believe, right? It is 2D sprites. Yeah. That it doesn't look it doesn't look 8-bit or 16-bit or anything like that. It looks great. It's uh high res and uh the art is that nice, but uh, that is a that is a uh very topical joke right there. Oh yeah. <laughs> but uh I I mean, I don't see why they couldn't just do something like that as well. So I'm hmm. not, I, I'm kind of on the fence about it as well. I think it just requires it to be, I mean, I'm not going out and rushing out to buy every single game that comes out in that style, but I do think that when they look at that graphic style, they might think, well, this is really popular right now. So why don't we just make it look like the pixel graphics stuff? Like you were saying with pixel junk or whatever it's called. Yeah. So it's an interesting, interesting- like you said, it's a beneficial to smaller studios, but eh, I don't like know. Like like Dave said, almost a crutch at this point. Yeah, too. but like like every generation, you get like your Xbox Live Arcade rehashes the same stuff, then it feels like you're paying for the same shit over and over. Like Nintendo. <laughs> oh, burn. burn! You can do that because you own a Wii U. I do, and I will buy the same games over and over again. Uh, and we have a question this week coming from Nathan at Sith Nightmare, co-host of the Holocron Council with myself and Josh Oaks, which I haven't edited the most recent episode yet. I'm sorry. You son of a bitch. I get around to it at some point. We recorded Darth Vader uh, number two on last week, Thursday. I just have not had time with being gone. Uh, anyway, his question was, Flux to pose, what is your favorite thing to grill? Hashtag Flux to grill. And he sent a, <laughs> a sweet action shot. Of grilling in yeah. action, charcoal. I see. Yeah, charcoal man. He's going. He's a real man. Yeah, he's a real man. He's got some juicy burgers cooking up there. Looks like. Yeah, he does. You know, I do like grilling burgers, but you know, I haven't perfected the art of the dimple to prevent the bur- the patty to shrink. Yeah, same here. I D- keep much putting... like George Costanza. You don't want shrinkage. Yeah, exactly. Uh, also, another topical joke for you. Yeah, um, yeah. But, that, but it's not. That is not my favorite thing to grill. I am. St- and like just looking like an idiot putting dimples in all of my hamburgers and it's still just like you said it doesn't seem to really do anything yeah but who knows who knows my, so what uh, is your favorite uh, thing? it's brats it doesn't really matter the kind just brats with my brother-in-law you know being a butcher at a uh, family shop whenever he comes to visit he always brings you know Especially in the summer, he usually brings something good. Like for Easter, he brought this awesome Swiss steak. But in the summer, he usually always brings me like these jalapeno stuffed brats that they make there. Anything else will cook up for me and oh, fantastic. So I like usually like an Italian style, but I do like any like the jalapeno stuffed brats or anything else. And he actually had given me that were actually really good too were burgers um, with cheddar cheese stuffed inside. So they were like loaded stuffed burgers. Like I had one had jalapeno Ooh. stuffed inside as well, but the cheese was like a – there's a spe- certain kind of cheese that didn't melt, so it was still like shredded. Che- it was it, it you know melted a little bit, but it was still mostly like shredded cheese. So it wasn't like when you bit into it, it wasn't hot molten, molten cheese. You know, destroying your face. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't. But, uh, it gives you like just molten lava face, yeah. and you just pe- peel it off, and your skin comes off. <laughs> that would be so, the worst burger accident ever. Yeah. So I'm gonna go with brats all the way. Um, you know, I I really do enjoy a steak that I've grilled myself. I have had way too many um, instances where we'll go to like an Applebee's or a Chili's, but you know, the mid level. You're not quite going to fast food, but it ain't it ain't gonna be anything great. And they just they just screw my steak up. That or it just tastes weird, you know. So in my eyes, I would much rather just go and grill a steak at home and have it taste, you know, way, way better. But that would be the easy answer. And I actually kind of feel like one of my favorite things to grill are hot dogs. And I know that's going to sound weird, but your hot dogs are good though. Yeah, I exactly. Hot I hot dogs like they taste so much different when you actually go to the trouble of grilling them as opposed to just throwing them in the microwave or even cooking them on, you know, in a little bit of water in a pan. They they just taste so much better when you when you actually grill them. So, um yeah, I, I that and you can fit. You can feed so many more people. You just throw as many as you can fit on a grill. Boom, and you're done. Boom. I'll tell. I'll tell you my least favorite thing to grill is fish. That is a bitch because I don't know why, but I thought I grilled. I grilled a piece of fish, and for some reason, it like folded outward up and into itself. Like it almost caused <laughs> it to like bubble. So it was, but like once I removed it from the heat, it was okay and it was edible still. But it's uh, it's it's an art, I think, and it has lost on me. Hmm. Well, maybe you will rediscover it someday. Rediscover Somehow. the lost art of, of yeah. grilling fish. Well, if I yeah. was a real man, I would already know how to do it. But unfortunately, I have to buy those "How to Be a Man" or three hundred and sixty things every man should know books right. right then you'll be a man and then you can go back and listen to episode 40 yes <laughs> say only when i turn 40 yeah you got it you got it you got the touch now you're just stalling for time you got the power <laughs> Dude, that's the greatest thing ever ever that's transformers a bold statement movie. Oh, okay. come on Anyway, oh, I, know, I know. Come on. Uh, do we want to do a question? I don't no. really feel in it. I put it well, there. You don't have to say. I got it. one. I got one. How about we? Did you partake in tabletop International Tabletop Day on Saturday? Oh yeah, yeah. That would be that. Would, and it relates happens. to the content. So let us know if you picked. If maybe you, this was your jumping on point to get into a game, or maybe this is, you finally checked out a game. You know, let us know. Let us know in the comments. Or on the Twitterverse, or the Facebookverse, or YouTubeverse, or many Multiverse. other places that you could find this show. Since I can't remember since we started talking, did you update on when that's going to come out on the show? No, I meant to, uh, I meant to, you're talking about the beer video? Yeah, Lucas has been busy, so. Yeah, I've, uh, I've been doing um, work for True Myth Media, our production company. And uh, some timely, some some sensitive materials, and uh, haven't had a chance, unfortunately, to um, edit. I, I, I edited it a little bit, but it it is nowhere near ready and at the quality that you listeners would expect 
um, a beer video to be. So, nope, you don't get to hear the uh, crappy audio quite yet. But I would assume <laughs> that by the time if you if you don't listen as soon as the podcast it goes up, then uh, it might be available for you. I'm, I'm thinking probably Wednesday or Thursday. So, um, hopefully, I can get the other one edited ahead of time so that yeah. um, uh, we can release it on time instead of doing it right on the uh, right on the day <laughs> well there you go well that is going to do it folks for what episode 58 of the flex Plus podcast thank you so much for listening uh feel yes. free to check out our other things we do youtube other shows other things like that and uh yeah we'll come back next week and we'll have another amazing episode for you to enjoy until then Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Everywhere you look, everywhere you look, somebody who needs you. Did it a I thought so.